0: Fine, you can do that as well. That's a free cash bonus for making your deposit. Use promo code ZABE to claim the offer. Bet, win, and most importantly, get paid with my bookie today. You've heard me talk about Tacovas, the company carrying on all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. Well, longtime listener Jeremy emailed me to say, Zabe, I was on a work trip to Austin, knew about Tacovas from the podcast, stopped into the store. Next thing you know, I've got a damn good pair of boots and I'm looking sharp with a nice buzz to boot. Giddy up. Tacovas believes in Western for all. And you can feel that when you stop in one of their stores and get custom fitted for a new pair of boots. If you can't make it into the store, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality and the most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tacovas.com That's T-E-C O V A S dot com and point your toes west. Today on the Zabe Cast, it's Andy Poland, the guy I once derisively called Good Enough Andy. A man who knows more Redskins history than anybody. Somebody who loved Chinese food, Tiger Woods, and 60 Minutes on Sundays, and a guy who taught me the word mushugana. Your bonus, uncensored, 35-minute edition of the Zabecast is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go! <laughs> Here we go! What's the evaluation like after a loss like that? They whooped our ass, plain and simple. Got to be better.
1: Anything they did that surprised you guys early on?
0: No, I want to say so. I think it's just a lack of focus on our part, a lack of attention to detail, not starting fast, and creating holes that are too big for us to overcome in the second half.
1: Does it get frustrating when that seems...
0: Yes it does. I'm fucking tired of this shit. I'm fucking tired of this bullshit. It's been seven fucking years of the same shit. I'm tired of this shit. What can you do now going forward to get it turned around? Get our minds right and get ready to play fucking Philadelphia. (laughs) What's the evaluation like after a loss like that? Wow, Jonathan Allen, defensive end, Washington Commanders. I don't know where you come down on this, Andy, because there's a lot to unpack here. But first and foremost, I saw this turd coming from a mile away with the Commanders. Good evening, sir.
1: How are you? I'm fine, yeah. I mean, uh, Jonathan Allen played at Alabama. Uh, he, he's lost more games this year, I think. What is that? Four now. than he lost maybe in his career at Alabama. Right? Well,
0: it sounds yeah. like his frustrations go beyond just this year. He said, "This been,
1: I've been here Look, seven fucking years. Well, he did sign a second contract, so he... He didn't make a great effort to get out after four, I guess. Right. Um, so there's that. But yeah, I mean, anybody who's been here a long time goes, well, <laughs> yeah, this is who you play for. Now, look, there's new ownership here, and they're going to flush everybody out of here at the end of the year. I think this cements the end of the Ron Rivera era, if there was any chance that it was going to be extended. and uh, But it's going to be a probably a start over with a new coach. And, you know, with the trade deadline coming next week, right, October 31st?
0: Uh, Ten days, I believe. I believe it's yeah. Tuesday at 5 o'clock. Oh, maybe he's saying, you know, get me out of here
1: because I see what's no, coming. No, you nobody know? gets traded anymore,
0: mm-hmm. especially guys with high-dollar contracts, which he is. Well, that's,
1: that's the problem. Yeah, all
0: right, but, let, me, let me start unpacking this. And first of all, everybody, welcome to the Zabecast. It's the Monday edition with Uncle Andy. Andy and I, as many of you know, did 16 glorious years together in the booth on the Sports Reporters, on the Team 980. And uh, this is my chance to sort of stretch the Washington vibes and to give you people Washington content front and center at least one day a week. So if you don't like it, pound sand, motherfucker! How about that? Okay. (laughs) Having said that, um, 14-7 your final from the Meadowlands as the commanders just look like dog shit. Sam Howell sacked six more times. Which means he is every bit on pace for the eye-watering new record of most times sacked in a season, which would be around 95, 96, depending on how you do the math, if he survives all 17 starts, which at this point it's hard to imagine. And And realize this. The record record is held by David Carr, not Derek. With a mere 74. So he is going to do to the record what Barry Bonds did to the home run record. He's going to shit all over it at
1: this pace. David Carr was 76. 76, not 74, yes. First-year expansion team with the Houston Texans. And and, and it's not like Sam Howell is facing the 85 Bears every week. Last week, he faced Atlanta, which had five sacks all year. They sacked him five times. Today <laughs> he faced the Giants, who had five sacks all year. They sacked him six times. Yeah, I mean it, it, it's mind-boggling what's happening, and you can and, and all this Twitter stuff about oh the offensive line is a disgrace. Yeah, the, the offensive line is bad. There was bad play calling by Eric the enemy, but it's just impossible to get that many sacks unless you're holding on to the ball too long, which he clearly is.
0: Yeah, there's a lot lot that goes into it, but at the end of the day, the quarterback is responsible for getting into the right play calls, seeing where to go with the ball before it's even snapped, and getting rid of it and mm-hmm. not overestimating your ability to whoop, 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 yeah. and run around and escape tackles. See these escape tackle guys out of college, which is what he was, Sam Howell at North Carolina. He was an escape guy at North Carolina, ran for a good bit of yards, including some designed runs. Sure. They they overestimate their ability to elude pro tacklers. And it gets exactly. him in big trouble. That happens to every guy out there. Justin Fields is the same way. He still thinks he can get away from guys.
1: Right. No, he, he and he was sacked a lot in college. And people said, How could he fall to the fifth round? Well, this is how you fall to the fifth round. Because right. you continue to fall when they come around you and they tackle you for losses.
0: Right. But anyway, back to the uh back to the Jonathan Allen comments. Yeah. So lots to unpack here. Let's start with this. Is it ever acceptable? For a pro athlete in front of live microphones to be that explicitly vulgar,
1: um, I don't know. I mean, the the line has moved so much. We're doing a podcast here, and you're dropping f bombs all the time. So, oh, so no. I, I don't know. I don't know. This if is a podcast. The church, though. lady on this one. No, I, this I don't, is a I don't,
0: p- Andy. This is a podcast. This is not a professional group setting he's a professional talking to a professional i'm a slappy in front of a mic i think it's unacceptable i i don't like where the line has moved and i agree that it's moved i don't like where it's going i also feel like it's performative by him that he held it together for the first couple of answers and then decided to say okay watch i'm going to give you your sound bite now And they're going to bleep it out afterwards, and that's going to show how much I care. That's number one. Number two is, well, I've heard similar John Allen rants like this before. And while I like him overall as an athlete, I think he takes accountability. I think he plays hard himself. He's a good player. What are you doing to change? The mentality of we got to come out better, stronger, faster. You're on the team. You're in the locker room. You've got seven years and a second contract backing your voice. This is a you thing as much as anything else. That's number two. And the third thing is you took the money to stay
1: here. Well, that's the number one thing. That's it. I mean So you think three
0: is number one for you. You took the money to stay. You took the money to stay when you knew the other owner, who is now out on a boat somewhere, was a bag of shit, was a bad guy who didn't know how to win, who hired bad people. You sign on
1: for more money. So why are you complaining now? You got paid. Right. No, I I agree with that. And and so if you do that and as far as these, you know, these locker room leadership things. Uh, th- this happens all the time in sports, that there is a closed-door players-only meeting. And if you win, oh, it works. <laughs> and if, if you lose, nobody says anything about it. So talk is cheap. I don't think it matters really one way or another what he says, how he says it. It's it's a bad team. It's been a bad organization. And it needs to be flushed out at the end of the year, including this coach-centric operation with Ron Rivera that is in year four. And, uh, and, and needs to go. They need to, yeah. they need to start all over with a traditional front office structure, which Josh Harris has done with his other teams and will probably do with Washington.
0: Did you see Irvin Magic Johnson, the yeah. NBA Hall of Famer and legend, tweeting yeah. out because he's a partial owner, he's a minority mm-hmm. owner, it's hard to win in this league when you only score seven points. Thanks, Magic! That was super helpful of you.
1: <laughs> he, he's new to football. So he's Wait a minute.
0: What do you oh, mean he's oh, new dude. to football? He's an yeah. American red blooded sporting man who knows I, things about sports. Come on. He's <laughs> not like how's this game played?
1: I mean, yes. Oh, seven's not gonna do it, huh? Oh, okay. Well then then we're probably gonna have to work on that in the off season. Speaking of right. speaking
0: of new to sports, did you see the viral video of the two I forget what football players they were? I the two Eagles players who went to the Phillies playoff game and were mic'd up watching no. oh, from the front row. One of those was DeAndre Swift and they were hilarious because they clearly Knew very little about baseball whatsoever, and they were just having—they were having the time of their life. They're like, "Oh man, this guy's about to do damage!" Like, yeah, they're like, I, "These guys play like in another city, like every day.
1: <laughs> yeah. They play all the time." It, it's weird because you know, a lot a lot of times, quarterbacks—you'll see that they're you know capable of playing baseball. Dan Marino was drafted in the major leagues. John Elway, you know, was able to use that as leverage to get himself out of Baltimore. When he was drafted, right. um, yeah, Tom Brady was drafted by the Montreal Expos. But yeah, in other positions, it doesn't seem like baseball is is really yeah, much here, on their radar. Here,
0: here you go. Hey, now, listen.
1: Although, yeah, not right now. Baseball season is so long, so long. How many games they got?
0: How many games they got? I don't
1: know. Maybe different city than every other day. You look like he' about to do damage though. <laughs> Schwarber, you, by the way.
0: Is pretty funny. By the way, Schwarber is just a man amongst boys right now, just hitting bomb after bomb after bomb. Funny that Schwarber, Harper, and Turner are all former Nats.
1: Great. Well, look also with with Schwarber, for 150 years, nobody thinks outside the box. He's a power hitter. We'll bat him cleanup. And Joe Madden says, nah. he walks a lot. He hits home runs. We're gonna bat him leadoff, and I don't care if he bats under 200 which he didn't do this year. He was like 193, and here he is. If if he continues this into the World Series and they get there, he's going to wind up as the World Series MVP. It's remarkable.
0: Yeah, we look like we're headed towards a rematch of last year, which I would be all about, partly because I got two good friends i golf with and listen to this podcast philly nate and uh, houston scotty who are who are on opposite ends of it i have a wild hair if and i don't even want to talk about it lest i jinx it if there is a rematch to try to arrange to go to all seven games with both guys in the stadium if it goes that far what do you think it would take i mean other than a lot of money and maybe a divorce, (laughs) to say we're dropping everything. We're canceling, uh, we're taking time off of work. We're going to go to every World Series game between the two. I love it just because they're my buddies and I know how much they love their teams.
1: Yeah. But it, it would wear you out if it goes south. Oh god it. it's not it's, it's not two three two, you know. It's, I know. It's <laughs> it's two two one one one. It'd so. be
0: it'd be a devastating financial hit and it would lead to some serious arguments of no, nah, I can't do that. I'm flying down to Houston. No, I'm flying <laughs> back to Phil I'm driving up to Philly now. And the tickets, oh my god, the tickets are gonna be a thousand dollars just to get in the ballpark.
1: Oh, at least. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and look, it's, it's great, but you, you were the front and center on television uh, saying, you know, it's It's not as good. It's
0: I know, I know, but, but, (laughs) but that said, the environment in Philly and in Houston are a cut above any other baseball environment right now in terms of passion, fanaticism
1: and everything else yeah no no it's 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 a great thing it's a bucket list thing you can tell people you did it you can impress your friends at cocktail parties but it (laughs) it it, it would wear you out believe me all
0: right uh when we last left andy poland on this podcast i left everyone hanging by promising that his (laughs) uh story about uh who was it again Dick 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 Butkus, Butkus. your Dick Butkus story. Sorry, I had a brain fart there. Your Dick Butkus story that you wanted to share with us, the music to get out was already playing. And I said, don't worry, next week. Next week came, I totally forgot, and it wasn't told. So we need to close the account on this. Tell Uh, me your story about the great Dick Butkus who passed away two weeks ago.
1: the The reason I wanted to tell you is because when we were working together, you seemed to get a particular kick out of hearing George Allen's stories. So this is a Dick Butkus, George Allen story.
0: George Allen was the best. George Allen was a cartoon character of you wouldn't believe it if NFL films didn't chronicle the weirdness and, and the passion and the quirkiness of the great George Allen.
1: Yeah, so... When Dick Butkus came to the Bears as a rookie in 1965, George Allen was the defensive coordinator. And that was the best season the Bears had while Butkus played there. They went uh, nine and five, uh, did not make the playoffs, but that was the best win-loss percentage they had of the nine seasons he played. The following year, Allen goes to Los Angeles, coaches the Rams, does well there. But the owner, Dan Reeves, not that Dan Reeves, didn't like him, fired him. Uh, he goes to Washington to coach the Redskins, and he's uh, an immediate success. He says the future is now, and they win. They go to the Super Bowl in the second year. Okay, so now just plays out his career. He has only one more winning season. 1973, his knee is so bad that he can only play half the season, and he's playing on one leg. And at the end of the year, the Bears don't renew his contract. So it's now the offseason, 73 going into 74. Allen is about to start, I believe, his fourth year in Washington and sees who Dick Butkus is on the market and he's only about 31 years old <laughs> so he 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 calls Butkus and he says uh, I want you to come to Washington to get a physical and Butkus says uh oh, you know I, I'd love to coach but you know I got my knee is is so bad he says look I work for the Bears I know that they've got cheap cheap ownership and they don't have good doctors we got Stan Levine I want him to look at you Okay so it comes comes to Washington. Dr
0: Levine let's go get him get him going get him fixed up this is an era in which knee surgeries were like frankenstein operations
1: right where like old athletes had-
0: yeah like joe namath's knee if you were to look at it it's got zipper scars oh, as yes. long as a prize winning bass up and
1: down his knee right so he probably had a torn acl but in those days they didn't have the surgery to fix it so he comes, he comes to Washington. Levine gets him up on the table, and he takes a look, and he goes, Coach, I don't know how he's walking. I don't know how he's going to be able to play football. I, I don't think that's going to be possible at all. And, and, and Allen says, okay, okay, but, but what I need is to have him ready for the playoffs. Can we just get him ready for the playoffs? <laughs>
0: We need to nurse him to health all the way through the season to get him ready for the postseason. And what did Dr. Levine say?
1: Uh, and he said, no, and no, that was the end of that. Uh, that was the end the, of that. <laughs> so the laser had to, focus of, of, of Allen not that. understanding that here was a man who could barely walk, much less play football. And somehow the doctor was going to get him ready for the playoffs.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. George Allen, who uh, routinely sent one of his assistants to patrol the perimeter of Redskin Park, just to, yep. to
1: look for spies in the trees. And a and, guy. Allen. Yeah. A- Allen was the king of spying himself. <laughs> because, oh yeah, because the the, uh, the the Cowboys, when I was in Dallas, as a matter of fact, before they built Valley Ranch and all that other stuff, uh, they used to practice at a facility that had a hotel that backed up to the practice field. uh Oh, and, and the week that they would play Washington, they would have to buy out all the rooms on that side because he would have scouts stay in the hotel room to try and spy on the Cowboys' practice field.
0: Yeah, that's funny. And and spying is back in the news again with the investigation that's been open against Jim Harbaugh at Michigan. What's your sense of this? As it's very early, just accusations right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, they've already fired or suspended one low-level guy. So the, the question is, how far does it get before it touches Harbaugh? It seems like an innocent thing. I mean, at the high school level, if you want to watch another team's practice, you can. And that's what the accusation is, that he's that this person or or it could have even been like rogue people who were like Michigan boosters who who went out on their own and came up with the signals and passed them along. Now, how much did he make use of them? I don't know. Did he need them for any other game except Ohio State? Probably not. But, you know, they're 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 trying to nail him on anything they can. And in an era where you're allowed to give players cars and houses and Dion's kids are driving Rolls Royces. Right. Uh, he, he was suspended three games for buying a player a hamburger.
0: So why are quote they? And this is a genuine question. Trying to get him. Who is because they? The NCAA.
1: Uh, and why? Because I don't know. I really because he's he, he's he's so disagreeable. I I really don't know. But I it doesn't know.
0: smell right to you. Smells no, like one no. guy's getting picked on versus everyone else, where really
1: there are no rules anymore, pretty right. much, in college. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, so these are old things. that, But this is, this is something that they, they came up with in 1994 for financial reasons, when they, when they weren't printing the kind of money that they do through television, and they said, oh, well, we can't scout other teams' practices because uh, not everybody can afford to do that. So that's that's as uh, my understanding is why they came up with the rule
0: practice. I I didn't know you were allowed to walk into a football field and watch another team's practice, even in high school.
1: Well, I I know that I know this that when Dan Snyder started charging fans to come in and watch uh, training camp, that that opened the door for scouts to pay for tickets to go in and scout them. Right. So I mean, the rules to me are so fuzzy. I don't I don't really understand them, but yeah, they they. Somehow come up with rules, and if you break them, they try and they punish you.
0: Speaking of rules, the, it's one of the stories of Saturday was Iowa versus Minnesota, and a spectacular punt return by Cooper DeJean or Cooper DeGene. I don't know how it's pronounced, but it was an amazing return that would have given Iowa the lead late, seventeen to twelve. Uh, he had basically made motions with his hands for his own team to stay away from the ball. Cause it was a short punt that was in danger of ricocheting off of one of the Iowa players. However, when he was running kind of towards the ball and motioning with one hand to stay away, he was also pointing with his other hand and, he picks up the ball at the last second on the sideline, tiptoes the sideline, dodges seven defenders, cuts up field, makes a great move, turns on the Jets, goes for a touchdown. Suddenly, the play is under review. Was he out of bounds? Because all scoring plays are reviewed in college. Right. Apparently, when they reviewed the play to see if he was inbounds or out of bounds, they noticed, hey, that constitutes an illegal fair catch signal. These rules are in there to prevent teams from confusing the punting team with weird signals with your hands. And there's strict rules on can't have it above your head. You can't do this. You can shield your eyes from the sun, but this wasn't the case because I think the sun had already gone down. So they ruled it correctly, in my opinion, as illegal signal, and therefore the return was nullified. But the problem with replay, Andy, is that they didn't blow the play dead right away. So they let it play out because, hey, replay will fix this if it's wrong. The problem is the fix felt wrong itself. It didn't feel like something that should have been called in the heat of the moment. Yeah, it was kind of confusing, but it didn't really affect the play. Where did you come down on this? Did you see the play in, in question?
1: No, I, I've read it. I heard about it. Okay. I've kind of by it and I've heard your explanation there, too. But this is yet another rant from you about how instant replay stinks and needs to well, go it's away. Well,
0: de- it's the devil because it it, uh, lo- it 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 makes sports lawyering. You lawyer games and go well. Wow, technically,
1: he had his oh, here, one arm here and his other yeah, arm there, and that's here, illegal. Here, here's, here, here's what happened, and you were you you were talking about this years ago. What HD was going to do to sports, and this is part of the collateral damage that you can see everything so clearly. That when somebody is wrong on a play, if you don't have a way to fix it, it it's wrong. This goes back to it's, it's Vinnie Testaverde who should have been credited with a touchdown in 1998 because re, instant replay was gone. It was gone for about right. five or six years. Right. And well, they brought th- it back.
0: And and that instant replay, it needs to be to be emphasized, was standard definition replay. Only 480 lines of resolution, so therefore you didn't have the ability to get down to the granular level, and that's where replay would have worked in theory because the finer you get, the tighter you look, the more ambiguity you uncover, and the fact they now let plays play out and then they adjudicate them via replay from a far-off referee in a studio somewhere in new york or chicago or wherever doesn't sit right it doesn't feel right it's not what sports is supposed to be about I mean, am i yeah, yelling I, now i'm yelling
1: but but that's that's what it has evolved to i hate every, it I every play hate is, it. is based is based on abraham's or brooders <sighs> oh. Bell and Howell camera and that's, that's how it works now, and you're not getting this toothpaste back in the tube. You're not going to one day say, huh, the NFL owners voted, and they're doing away with replay. They did that once, but that was over 30 years ago. It's not going to happen again.
0: I fucking hate it to death. That said, Iowa still had the ball at the 45, and they are trailing only by two, and they couldn't even come close to getting in field goal position to win the game. They had three yards of offense in the second half against Whoa. a bad Minnesota team. Three, Andy, three. So if I could sum up this whole story more succinctly, yeah, fuck Iowa, though.
1: <laughs> they, they're well, that's terrible. Right. That's, that's I'm just going to say, because if it's Nick Saban, it doesn't play out that way.
0: I know. Uh, Nick Saban did uh, win against Tennessee. His team is 7-1. and one. He said, look, I really like coaching this team, but I'm not going to say they're not taking years off of my life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great quote right there. <laughs> Meanwhile, Kyle Whittingham, coach at Utah, who once again showed USC, we're still your daddy, beating uh-huh. Caleb Williams again, more on him in a second, said, well, they've got a quarterback who's a Heisman Trophy front runner. we got a quarterback who's a pig farmer. <laughs> but we like our guy, too. <laughs> it was a great quote. I love the fact that USC is finding out it's not as easy as everyone thought it would be. And now <laughs> there's already people – get this, uh, who are saying that Caleb Williams should shut it down for the rest of the year in advance of going pro.
1: And would it surprise you if he did that? It would not surprise me. it would not
0: surprise me. Is he still asking for partial ownership in whatever team drafts him? Well,
1: that's not, you you know how that sort of... I
0: know, that was a rumor that got put out there. He's never officially asked for that. And he's never going to get it, by the way.
1: And, and he doesn't need it. I, I read Andrew Brandt's little blurb today. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Need? No, because, because he, he, look, look. <laughs> let's say this.
0: Let, let's say this <laughs> Who are you to of, say
1: like, what someone needs in terms of money? Well, no, no. I'm talking about need, needing more money to stay. There won't be oh, right. more money to stay. There's more money to go to the NFL. If he's the number one overall pick. He's going to be guaranteed like twenty five million in bonus. Is USC going to pay him twenty five million dollars to stay another year? I don't not, think so. Not when he can't beat Utah. Yeah, right. And he's four and seven against ranked teams. It's it, it's a it's a wonderful offense. Right? They have no defenders. I actually listened to the end of the game because I was driving back from a wedding uh, on Saturday night. Uh, Mark Kesteshire and his crew did a fabulous job, and they left time on the clock after they scored. And Utah went down the field, kicked the field goal. And they won. That's yeah. how that works.
0: But Dude. you know what? He was at Oklahoma. That is now 7-0. and Thanks to the – or 7-1, I think. Didn't, didn't they lose the uh, shootout to Texas? Uh, they're yeah. – they're, they're whatever they are. And they, um, you know, they escaped UCF. But here's the thing. He could have stayed or gone somewhere that has a better defense. He went to California for the weather and the Ferrari. So, and the coach. And the, and the coach, coach right. I went you. package. Oklahoma 7-0. and 7-0, they escaped UCF 31-29. to yeah. I, I'm not I'm not anti-Caleb anti Williams. I'm anti the hype about Caleb Williams. I'm anti the presumption about everything. And Lincoln Riley is a, a bullshitter because he said after the game, he goes, everyone expects you to be good. Everyone expects you can have a championship-caliber team. He says, we don't come in here every single week talking about winning a national championship. Then somebody pulled up a Bill Plaschke column in which he was asked about it, and Riley said, well, to win the championship – we didn't come here to play for second. So he's talking out both sides of his mouse. Mouth no. mouse or mouth. Excuse mouth, me. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, so there was there was that. Um I the, the college football final month is gonna be wild. It's gonna be fun. I'm looking forward to it. It's gonna be unpredictable, but yeah. USC's not the all Super they're team. cracked up
1: to be. And, and 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 though Georgia is still unbeaten and number one, they're vulnerable, it looks like. Yeah, very much so.
0: Oh, and then one more thing in college. What on earth, Andy, was Michigan State and their stadium Uh, ops thinking? For some reason, some dum-dum there decided to be ha-ha funny in a pregame video scoreboard graphic on a trivia contest to do a Hitler trivia question. What country was Hitler born in? With a picture of Das Fuhrer, the most evil man in the history of planet Earth, smiling on the scoreboard, especially given what's happened in Israel over the last two weeks.
1: Of course. And and the, the, initially I saw something where they blamed it on a student who was in charge of this. I'm How sorry. does
0: the student not know? And aren't and- there,
1: isn't there adults supervising all of this? Mm-hmm. That's what I would say. So no, don't don't hang a student out to dry. That's on you. That's on you. And and there there was there's no there's no excuse for it. There's no oh yeah we were thinking we would do this because this is the way we did. It. No no, dumb some some idiot student thought it was a funny idea and put it up there. Hitler is the third rail. Don't touch it. Stay away from it.
0: Yeah, not funny at any time whatsoever. Uh, lastly, I couldn't believe this, but I actually led. My show in Milwaukee one morning during the meet of football season on a Friday, no less with an assistant NBA coach story because Terry Stotts assistant coach for the Bucks, resigned suddenly and surprisingly four days before the start of the regular season, just four months after he had been hired. And I'm like, you know, uh, I would have never guessed I would have done it, but it actually was a noteworthy story because there clearly was some sort of personality clash between him and new head coach Adrian Griffin. So it got me to thinking of the most awkward and sudden and or what the hell just happened resignations in sports. You say number one is?
1: Well, I, I, I want to give you a little history. I think that the one that really kind of started all of this and started the term burnout was Dick Vermeil, who at 46 and two years removed from taking the Eagles to the Super Bowl after they'd been, you know, the dregs of the league, he, he resigned and said, I'm, I can't do it anymore. And that, that coined the term burnout. And there were a number of other coaches who followed in that. Uh, Parcells did it several times. Uh, and then, uh, you know, Joe Gibbs retired at 52 the first time, uh, right. and he was, he was clearly a, a he victim was of
0: under COVID-19. contract and he, he retired the first time surprisingly, right. With caught yeah. all of us by, by surprise
1: in, in March, it, it, which is a, you know, wasn't like right at the end of the season. He waited over a month to, to get out. And, uh, and, and the, the king of this of resignations was Larry Brown. And Larry Brown, you know, moved from NBA team to college team, back to the NBA, back to college. And and one of the things about Larry Brown, I don't know him, but people who do say he's so laser-focused on the coaching aspect of it that he doesn't pay attention to anything else. So UCLA, which had John Wooden for like 100 years and paid him, I'm told, a top salary of $35,000. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Because because Wooden was the same thing. He, he was from Indiana. Didn't care about money. Took the UCLA job in the in the late forties when he probably bought his house in LA for like ten grand. And so he really wasn't you know worried about money. So
0: I heard he made it up in summer camp revenue though.
1: Yeah yeah and 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 he had a, a a guy who was you know greasing him a little bit. Imagine if you
0: went cars. to John Wooden's summer basketball camp and got a T-shirt. I don't think he ever did those. Those are very lucrative nowadays. My, oh yeah, my yeah. colleague uh, Brian Butch makes a killing on his basketball summer camp oh, around yeah. Wisconsin.
1: As part of yeah, it's part of the contract. But anyway, he comes in and uh, there've been uh, coaches who'd come and go on, like Gene Bartow and and others who you know couldn't follow the wooden legend. And he takes the job for like you know at that time they weren't paying coaches a lot of money, and he was getting like a hundred grand. And he goes, oh, that's a lot of money. Then he goes to buy a house in L.A. And they go, (laughs) hundred
0: grand. That is not getting you anything.
1: (laughs) So then he left after a couple of years. But you know, that that, those were the kind of things that would happen. So, and then he, you know, he just he just became a nomad, just moving all over the place. But I think it really started at UCLA.
0: Spurrier allegedly resigned from the golf course. Yes, and then his agent got a hold of him and said, "What are you doing?" there's more money you could get out of this, stop it, and he tried to put the toothpaste back in the tube to, I think, limited effect, if I recall.
1: He got some money, but, yeah, he, I think he left, as I remember, about $12 million on the table, and the agent got him back like another two. But and I don't it. think
0: Spurrier cared. He didn't want no. the money. He was so miserable
1: it right. being in the and
0: pros he- and coaching under Danny. He's like, get me the fuck out of here.
1: Well, he, he gave it up at midseason when he when he at the middle of the year when he said I'm gonna let Hugh call the ball plays. That's be Hugh, Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. When that, he that was when he tough. allegedly, according to our sources, once watched a practice on a rainy Thursday in the late stages of the season from the glass windows of yeah. Redskins Park, overlooking the practice field. That's Fair. when you knew he really
1: wasn't into it. Yeah, he didn't want to do it, and so yeah, so he left it. And but he. I found him to be very well. You, we, we did shows with him, right? He was, he was honest on most things, I know. but at the end, he, he, he sort got of sick put, of us. Yeah, because
0: because yeah, we had the audacity as fans and as media members to actually hold him accountable for how yeah. shitty things were going, and he did not but like that.
1: He did, well, he, he was better than some, and and at the end of the year, <laughs> Gibbs didn't he, like it either. Zorn really hated it. Right. Well, he did one year with us and that was enough. But but what happened was he he was saying things like I intend to come back. You know, he didn't quite. Right. He learned how to know. be crafty like that. Yeah. Well, look,
0: uh, that was this whole Spurrier episode was what finally made me realize that be, being right in this business does not pay. There's no value in being right you can try to be right about your sports opinions, as I do, still foolishly to this day. Even though I'm as wrong as anyone else is, fifty percent of the time or more. But mm-hmm. I said, as soon as Spurrier come in, you, Spurrier came in. Remember when I said this? I go, oh my god, this guy's going to be a disaster. You watch, yeah. Johnny College is not going to be able to do what he does at Florida. In the pros. He's got overwhelming talent superiority at Florida due to recruiting. All this fun and gun stuff is gonna get demolished. And in the first stages of it, people were calling up the show going, Why are you being such a hater? Why are you being so negative? Give it a shot. Yeah, well, who man, was yeah. fucking right? Me. Yeah. What did well, it get me? Nothing.
1: <laughs> how about how about Steve? How about our friend uh um uh, Charlie Cashley? who at that time was was starting the Houston Texans. And oh, yeah. he, he he saw Danny Werfel on the waiver wire. Picked him up. claimed him. Nobody wanted Danny Werfel. Claimed knew- him
0: because he knew Spurrier would have to have his college exactly. trinket. And exactly. we traded a pretty decent guard for him, if I recall.
1: I think, well, I think it was a defensive lineman who wound up playing like two or three years for the, for the Texans. And, <laughs> and, and, and Spurrier came in, and he couldn't understand – that you know his Heisman trophy winner from Florida wasn't going to make it in the NFL cuz he didn't have an arm and he didn't understand closing speed of quarterbacks yeah. so you know and it just didn't work out
0: and then then yeah. when Gibbs came in he had to trade a third rounder to go get Brunel, whose career was pretty much almost over they were about to cut him in Jacksonville but they yeah. didn't cut him because they knew Gibbs would have to have him cuz he was a veteran who was available and had probably gone to Bible study
1: with him yeah, I think there was some of that too.
0: Yeah. Oh well, as the machine turns on, we are just passengers on the mighty bus that is sports, sports, sports. Lest <laughs> anyone think I don't love it or Andy doesn't love sports, we love it so much we're willing to call it out for bullshit when it is bullshit. <laughs>
1: That's part of the game now. It's it is. Uh, it's still the goes with the territory. I'm
0: telling what, the two baseball games this weekend. Games five and games uh, four and five between the two uh, LCSs were absolute wild rides. I enjoyed them. I think I'm becoming a baseball fan, Andy. I don't know. Jose Altuve is
1: unbelievable. He comes to the plate and he's five foot five, and and you go, well, he's probably going to hit a home run. Boom! He hits a home
0: run. <laughs> five five on a clear day.
1: Yeah.
0: At that, he's tiny. It's amazing. All right, very good. Andy, as always, a pleasure, my friend. Check Dick Butkus' story off the list, and it was a good one. I like it. George Allen thought that he had a miracle doctor that could save ACLs that had not been treated properly and get the legend ready for a playoff run.
1: And so focused on getting him to the playoffs, wasn't listening to reality. The man can barely walk. He's not going to play football again. All
0: right, Andy, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you. I'll tell you, there you go. All right, good run. Right now, it's Texas-Houston 1-1, and the Eagles and Dolphins are doing battle. The Eagles have rolled out their Kelly Green uniforms and color scheme for the first time in 30 years, and even though they are absolute filthy savages in Philadelphia, and I do hate that team, that uniform, oh, my God. It's iconic. The only crime tonight is that the Dolphins are not wearing their appropriate throwbacks. They're wearing that newfangled shit, the light teal. Bah, terrible. All right, that'll do it for me today. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to subscribe, be a five-day-a-week member of the Cast Army, I would most appreciate it. And those who already are, I thank you for your $5 a month. Go to Zabe.com slash subscribe. Jump in, jump out. Cancel anytime. I'm not going to hound you. And I appreciate your support. Have a great Monday, everybody. And we will see you next time. Just because the NFL season is now firmly in the rearview mirror does not mean the betting season is over. Oh, no, 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 no.